Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. It is March 21st, and this is episode 129. Um, it is, it feels like spring in New York, which feels uh, like so exciting, but also so filled with pressure and already ruined, frankly, um, at like 11.15, because, you know, like it's like New Year's Eve and Halloween and your birthday and you're just all of the things rolled into one. Um, but I am going to just meet the day with as little expectation as possible and really just see moment to moment what I want to do and um, yeah, see if that, that can transpire. Um, I wanted to talk about just guess what? Um, yeah, I really wanted to talk more about parents and family and identity and the way that certain things just become our like perception modality or like our head up display or our, our, our like operating systems. Um, I'm still trying to really understand my feelings on a day to day and, um, just allow space for all these contradictions to exist simultaneously or even that on a day where my throat aches from the grief of like and just the pressure of my heart um, that I can still find moments of joy like I'm really you know honestly like shout out to dogs (laughs) they're so cool (laughs) and um even though again contradiction even though I'm hella mad at everyone who refuses to pick up dog shit when it's snowing because that shit just melts and then the freaking turd is preserved perfectly um I'm also just really grateful that um there are so many dogs that you can just sort of see and be reminded that um humans are kind of trash (laughs) but that dogs for some reason really want to hang out with us um I feel the same way about trees but that is maybe a conversation for another day um yeah like I wanted to talk a little bit actually about this like Korean phenomenon of Han um it's been talked about I think in relation to like uh school shootings that were um done by like Korean men and basically um Jay Caspian King who writes on a lot of different things and is actually a truly wonderful writer and um even a fiction writer um has been on has been sort of shouldering a lot of the like explaining Asia to America and how it's not a monolith um And he had written about Han and, but what it is, as far as my understanding of it and what it has been in my experience of it is that, you know, Korean people due to our country being halved, due to being invaded so many times without invading anyone else, like just this like 
multi-generational like violation creates this culture in which this kind of anger is innate in us and it comes from a bitterness of not ever being afforded satisfaction or restitution and um I've been thinking about that and I've also been thinking about just large feelings and you know for me and this is my interpretation as an immigrant who was born in Korea um, lived in a British colony in Asia and then moved to America when I was 14 and not just any America like the South Um, like this is my sort of feeling on it but like Han for me in my life has been all about how much suppression there's been and how I've allowed for invasion to happen and how I've allowed for violation to happen and when I say allow I don't mean that I'm blaming myself as a victim it's just that I have either minimized or preferred denial or gaslit myself into thinking there was a transaction happening that I had orchestrated or that even this unwanted attention or even this um, discomfort was something that I had invited or something or I had initiated. And so like a lot of the past however many days, years, you know, Trump administration, um, writing books, like just all of these things, this the confluence of all these things, like my parents getting sick and having to reconcile being angry while also being so sad at the potential loss of someone. Um, and so that's kind of why I think the past week has been so hard and also the way that I backburner a lot of these feelings and a lot of different things for like when books launch like for after book launch or for after this deadline and for after this and or after I've sold this other thing and the truth is it's like it's been relentless (laughs) you know and I do this thing and I I have to imagine that maybe like other workaholics do it too where there's this setting in your mind where you're like I just have I just have to get past this point and then I can deal with all these things and I just had that (laughs) point land on me instead of me getting to choose it with what happened this week and I don't know like that's the thing that I've been thinking about like in what I shared about yesterday about like this expectation that was instilled in me through my parents of like if we're good if we work hard if we're quiet then this will happen or there will be maybe there won't be a sweet day in my lifetime but you will be guaranteed sweetness and I will have paid that forward for you and like that's the thing in even stuffing your feelings it's like and then one day I will deal with them or like working in accordance to other people's urgency it's like and then they will recognize me for it and not only is that so wrong 
And again, I'm not trying to victim blame, but that presumes (laughs) so much autonomy around what the universe will do at you. (laughs) Like, what I've learned in the past year is that day of rest, that day of reprieve, that day where I can begin to start dealing with my traumas and where I can enjoy the fruits of my labors like those days never fucking come because I I'm like stuck like I'm stuck on like I'm not working towards something I'm like just running away from things and I don't know like when I was growing up, and this, this again is like really particular to the ways in which like Asia or like Asian America or AAPI in this country isn't like one thing. It's like, I've even been really frustrated with, and this is my experience, I've been really frustrated with the sort of like academic sort of intellectualizing around American history and American Asian Americans and all this stuff because it sort of for me doesn't speak to my experience because like I just feel really caught in this like weird in-between space like my parents didn't go to Berkeley like I don't I don't feel a lot of kinship with um, California like Chinese or Japanese people who are like third and fourth generation Americans like I just don't like I don't like I'm like I'm of the type where it's like I relate to like like parents who don't speak English because they moved here as full-on adults like I was born in Korea like I like I grew up in a house where my parents were unable to interact with the outside world and and like now I'm like sort of sitting with this notion of like oh my god like I resented and I was so angry at all this work that I had to do for them and how much, how traumatizing it was to deal with white adults who are really trying to take advantage of my parents and being the only buffer, like the trauma of that. And like, I was so resentful and it's because I was resentful because I was enabling them and it was a violation of like my boundaries and my agencies and what felt safe to me at the time. And like, I say all of this not to not to blame anyone. I say all this just to categorize it correctly. Like, why do I have feelings around this? Oh, it's because you didn't like it. Oh, it's because it was unsafe for you. And that's the thing. It's like right now I'm sort of like in this place of like, you know, hearing people in Korea talk about this. And there is this attitude, like, I'm sure the press is doing one thing, especially the press that's the most visible to, like, America and Asian Americans and all this stuff. But, like, I know for, well, I don't know for a fact, I know anecdotally that a lot of people are like, well, that's what happens to those kinds of women. And that's what happens if you live in these kinds of societies and enclaves and if that's the company you keep and 
that is so profoundly painful. And that is why all of this stuff is so complicated because it involves my parents, it involves like my upbringing, it involves misogyny, it involves a misogyny of like the place that I was born, (laughs) the place that we left like within my lifetime. You know, it's not this abstract construction, it's like the place that is still hella sexist and really does blame certain women for like living in that way or those kinds of women living in that way. And so it's this feeling that it's like, it's that feeling that we don't have a home here and the feeling that we don't have, that our home, like, I mean, I literally had a Korean passport until like a year and a half ago that like our home doesn't claim us. And that it's its own thing that I'm just sort of like, sitting with and the reason why I talk about Han as this like invasion and this like violation and this like total trespassing or transgression against like your boundaries and the reason why I talk about my parents as operating under this assumption that if you work hard then 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 like something will happen that you will be owed something that you will be given something like I want to talk about all of this because I'm realizing that for me expecting any kind of restitution from any of this is a trap that for me will engender only bitterness because I don't the the reason why I say my parents failed me is so that I can begin doing some of the work around why situations like this create shame in me. This is why I am really scared of authority figures. This is why I work myself to death at jobs that do not pay me enough or recognize me enough. And then I rage quit one day out of the blue. Like I thought it was a personality disorder that I couldn't hold a job because I would work until I was too angry. And then I would quit violently and very suddenly. I was like, oh, like you are clearly like mentally disturbed. And it's not, it's just that I've been operating under this paradigm that like I'm going to be paid back or that I'm working towards something that I can choose that I, that. You know, it's like Chuck E. Cheese with all the tickets. It's like, you know, I played the skee ball. I want that. And that's not how life is. And this is not an argument against, like, reparations against Black and Indigenous people in America. Like, that that was theft. Those things need to be accounted for and tallied, and they can be. And I'm not excluding, you know, any... Like, his, like historical circumstance like that that affects other nations and countries and um, people in this in America because America is just it, its entire job is to gaslight and pretend to be like moral and puritanical while just like raping and pillaging literally fucking everyone and I'm not talking about reparations here I'm talking for me that in the same way that I cannot expect my parents to apologize and I cannot I cannot center my self-care and acknowledgement that these things happen and why the trauma is there. I cannot wait for them to apologize for having done their absolute best because that's not going to happen. 
So like, I just have to forgive them, even though they're never going to say it, they're sorry. And that's the only way that I know that I can move on. And similarly, like, I'm looking at the discourse and I'm looking at what I can do and how I could feel useful and how I can do these things. And I have done the GoFundMes and I have done the losing my mind on Twitter. (laughs) I have no idea what utility that serves, but it feels in the moment so seductively useful and it's not. And that's the largest scam that lines the pockets of these fucking billionaires who bless their souls for real. Like, let's see how that goes. But for me, I need to stop thinking about anyone else. Like, I need to start thinking about me and people like me and what we need. And that's the thing about self-care. It's like, it's not just like yoga. It's not just like this and that. It's like, how can you make healing as much of an inside job as possible if you know for a fact that white supremacists are never going to apologize to you or even admit that they're white supremacists or even admit that they're white? Like, I love how white people hate acknowledging how they're white. And I love how like, white quote allies will always be like oh white people and I'm just so deeply confused by that and I say all of these very wordy uncooked thoughts to say that like I just don't want to go to places where I will be disappointed I don't want to go to the Chuck E. Cheese gift counter and be like I have suffered and I've been pain like where is the thing that I want and instead I need to flip the framing And today I'm going to write a story and all the things that happen to us that people don't believe until someone gets shot is going to be in there. Like all of the instances in which people explain my job to me because I'm Asian and I'm female, all the ways that people touch me or even like comment on me or or like, again, unsolicited help, explain things to me, get things for me, reach for things for me, like all of those things. I'm just going to put in the story in the same way that I'm going to put parents who, whose only love language is workaholism. I'm going to put that in the story. I'm going to put like how... For so many of us, like corporal punishment is a huge part of our story and the trauma around that feels like westernized. Like I feel like I can't feel bad or traumatized that my parents beat me because that's white to complain about that shit. And I don't I don't like pretend that I'm striving towards like some Norman Rockwellian family like tableau, but I can also be fucked up because of that. And I can also heal without needing my parents to acknowledge that it happened or without needing to my parents to acknowledge their apology for it. And so, yeah, today for me is about self-care and allowing myself to be surprised by how that looks. So have a gentle day. And I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of us.